The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Jen Anderson. Jen is a storyteller living on Long Island. In her 20s, Jen was in a production of Grease in a small town in Tennessee. After getting in an accident, she probably should have left the musical, but decided to stay on because of a crush she had on one of the other actors and didn't want to leave before shooting her shot. Hey, Jen, how's it going? Hey, oh, not bad. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, yeah. this is You're <laughs> my first person to say Happy New Year. That's not like right after midnight, you know, like the... Right. I know. <laughs> I always like, what's the, what's the like appropriate time that passes to like still say happy new year like every year i wonder because it'll be like january 5th and i'll do i still say happy new year or is that played out at this yeah point? The, <laughs> there's like a curb your enthusiasm episode where like larry oh, yeah. david is like oh yeah you're you know you're happy new year me it's the end of january that's we're yeah. past this yeah exactly uh, but yeah j- this feels we're an appropriate we're in the appropriate window i feel like now for sure okay that's uh, good yeah that's good well, thank you thank you so much for being here thanks for having me yeah. Um, what did you want to talk about today? So today, in honor of the title of the podcast being Love Hurts, I want to talk about a time where love hurt physically. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't not not in a dirty or weird way, but in a in a actual physical, physical way that yes. love hurt. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, where where does it all begin? So basically, in in my former life, uh, when I was in my, you know, late, early 20s to early 30s, um, I was a musical theater actor. So a lot of that is, a lot of what being a musical theater actor encompasses is traveling. And you travel to a ton of different places around the country, some bigger cities, some smaller cities on gigs. You know, you pick up any gig you can and, and you travel for it. Uh, So this one particular gig I was doing was in a town called Clarksville, Tennessee, which is about two hours north of Nashville. So pretty stereotypical, deep southern town. It wasn't like super small, but it wasn't a metropolis by any stretch of the imagination, like barbecue places, aligning the street, a couple stoplights, you know, that, that kind of a deal. And I was working uh, at a theater there playing Jan in Greece, which in the musical theater world, if you're like a size eight and above, you get to pe- you get to play Jan in Greece. This was like, this was probably the, the f- I think it was the fourth time I was playing this role. I was like just making a lot of money playing Jan and Grease over and over and over. Okay. Again. <laughs> so this is like so you're it's not so much like a touring company thing, but you're just like getting cast at small like regional kind of theaters around the country. Yeah. For different things. Exactly, exactly. Cool. In okay. fact, the way that I got this role and I got a couple of other roles was they have conferences, you know, they would have oh, Southeastern, okay. Southeast, Southeastern Theater Conference and United Professional Theater Audition. There's these different conferences that you would go and you would audition at that would like 150, 200 theater companies would come and watch you and you could audition for all of them wow. in one audition. And I picked up a lot of jobs throughout the year doing that specifically. Um, it doesn't work so well when you, this gets into technical kind of about, 
theater. But when you join the union, it's not as prevalent as it is when you're not in the union. But when you're not in the union, that's a good way to, to pick up jobs for yeah. the year. No, so. I was just curious. I was like wondering, yeah, yeah. that's just my own curiosity. But uh, yeah. 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 Okay. So you're like, you're cast in this local Grease production that's in Clark Clarksville, Tennessee. Is Clarksville. Yeah. Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, and you know, things had been going well. I was having a good time. I was enjoying myself. I was making friends and we typically in a theater schedule, you have Monday off. Monday is the day that you don't have any shows. So there was this one particular Monday and I was kind of going back and forth over whether I wanted to take a nap or I wanted to go to the pool, like a total life of leisure. <laughs> like on a Monday, trying to decide if you wanted to go to the nap or go to the pool. So I ultimately decided I wanted to go to the pool with some other people in town. Um, it was this public pool that was maybe about five minutes away from the cast housing. So I got in my car. I was lucky enough to have a car that I drove there, which was really came in handy. Um, so I got in my car and kind of set out to go to the to the pool with some friends. I was on, this was like the main street in Clarksville. So it was a four lane highway. You had two lanes going one direction and two lanes going the other. And I was in the right hand lane and the left hand lane was completely blocked. Like it was bumper to bumper, no movement whatsoever. But the right hand lane was moving pretty quickly. I was going probably about 55 or 60 miles an hour. Um, so I was driving along, not a care in the world, thinking about, you know, the pool. And all of a sudden, a Ford Expedition made an illegal left-hand turn right in front of me. And I'm in a Jetta. <laughs> so this was like a David and Goliath situation, but <laughs> David lost. Um, so I had enough time. I was driving a stick shift car. So I had enough time to push in the clutch, push on the brake, instinctively brace myself against the steering wheel before I just totally T-boned into this expedition completely. And it was such a weird, bizarre scenario because my car kind of spun around and it was like facing the opposite direction. And I opened my eyes and it was kind of in a way very pretty because the airbag had come out and there was all this dust. Everywhere was very ethereal. Like <laughs> It was just like this like puff of all of this stuff in the air. And, and I couldn't really hear anything, although I'm sure there was lots of like honking and, and, you know, just noise around me. And my arm was to my side. So it had kind of like fallen off to my side. It was down by the console. And I knew immediately that it was broken. I didn't feel any pain. I didn't feel like I was not in pain whatsoever. Adrenaline is a hell of a drug because <laughs> you just, you, I did not feel a single thing in my body, but I knew that my arm was broken. And I looked up to the ceiling of my car and this is kind of gruesome, but I'll try to not be super gruesome, but I saw like blood on the ceiling of my car. Oh, wow. Okay. And I looked down and I saw my finger, my ring finger on my right side was just like completely shredded. Uh, so I kind of started to freak out and in about, you know, maybe a minute, minute and a half, there was somebody that had come, one of the drivers of the cars that were around me had come and like was talking to me and, and making sure that I was awake and all that kind of stuff. The ambulance got there, you know, they pumped me full of morphine right away. So I didn't, I really didn't feel anything for a while. Um, and then that old adage of like, 
Have you ever heard that thing of like, make sure you're always wearing nice underwear because you don't know if you're going to be in a car accident <laughs> and like was going to see? This was a situation where I did not like take that advice. And I was like, oh God, like oh, I'm in this like going to the pool outfit. I look terrible. Um, so they loaded me into the ambulance. We went, we went I to the hospital. I for sure broke my arm a thousand percent. They showed me the x-ray. Like my forearm had actually kind of shattered. Oh. It was like really, really bad. And I had unbeknownst to them at the time, but I had severed a tendon in my ring finger. And to this day, I can't bend my finger. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I'm bending it and the other, the other, um, thing, the ring finger sticking out. Um, and I had also broken bones in both of my feet too, because I had slammed on the clutch and the brake, uh, and the impact. Oh yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that until I had gotten out of the bed, um, before I went into surgery to fix the broken arm. And I like put my foot on the, on the ground and I just completely fell over. Cause I was like, and nobody thought in Clarksville. Yeah. Nobody Tennessee. checked those until you went to walk and you're like, Oh, the arm's the important thing. And you're like, Oh, also right. my feet. Oh, also my feet are broken too. Um, and nobody, yeah, again, nobody in that hospital was like, maybe we should just do an all over scan yeah, just like, to make sure. She got hit by a car. What's, <laughs> right, what's happening? Right, exactly. She was in a Jetta. She plowed into an expedition. Let's see if there's more than one broken bone in her body. But anyway, that didn't, that didn't come to pass, but I was in the hospital for about, I think I was in the hospital for about two or three days, um, just recovering. Um, and they put, yeah, so metal, it's really screwed up the production schedule too. I it's guess, right? really <laughs> messed up the production. I, I only missed, I have to say, and this is where it gets into the, into the love part of it. I only missed one show. Wow. Um, and they put, you know, they put a metal rods and screws in my forearm and they put me in a, a walking boot on both of my feet. They're like, <laughs> you know, what, what can you do? Any normal sane person at that point would have been like, I'm going home. Like, I'm not, I can't be Jan in Greece. It's like, I can't do the hand jive. I have no hand right now. Like, I can't, <laughs> you know, any, any sane person would have gone home. And my parents tried desperately to be like, you need to come home. Like you, your, your body is broken in multiple places. Come on. And I refused to go home. I was like, I'm not going home. And the reason being that I stayed in this show and did the entire run was because I was completely and totally in love with the actor playing Eugene. <laughs> Um, I was like head over heels and I hadn't got to a point yet in the getting to know him or like being around each other phase where I felt like I could shoot my shot. So I was like, well, I can't, you know, it's like, I can't leave without like getting to know this person and like, you know, starting to date them. Like it, it was it never occurred to me that they would not want to date me, but like, I was like, yeah, I you were just to, like, like, time is the only issue here. It's time not like is an the- interest thing. It's just. We have to put in enough time to be around each other to know that we're like should be dating. Compatible. Exactly. And I was like, now I'm even more of a catch because like I have no arm and I can't walk. Like now I'm now who wouldn't want to date me? Yeah, I'm I'm so vulnerable and need <laughs> care. 
somebody's right. gonna swoop in and be like i need to i need to nurse this woman back to health exactly exactly like damsel in distress who doesn't want to go for the yeah, damsel exactly. in distress it's like <laughs> such a such a cliche so i against medical advice and against parental <laughs> advice i was you know now at at 40 i obviously would have been like get me the hell out of here i'm going home even if i was in love with one of the cast members but at 20 i was probably like 24 you're you're so stupid you know you're dumb at that age well, you're like this is what i want to do right that's like right. That's, that's like i guess part of you is the crush but part of you is like this is my job like the, the right. show must go on attitude exactly kind of thing, right? the show must go on and in telling my husband this story he's like i love that you thought like you know the director of Broadway was going to come and see like the show. Right. Like a real like waiting for Guffman situation. They're, they're coming from to the small town of Clarksville, Tennessee to, to scout for Broadway. (laughs) Right. To be so impressed with Jan who has a cast on her arm. I mean, fortunately (laughs) for, for the role, it kind of worked, you know, like for that, that role, she's kind of like nerdy and, um, she eats Twinkies the whole show and all this other kind of stuff. So it, it they found a way to make it work within, you know, within the show. And I think they probably violated some trademark things because they, they changed some lines in the script, which I'm sure uh, the licensing organization for Greece would not be too happy to hear. Yeah, they weren't hear, tracking but... this. <laughs> they weren't. Um so well, so I was also going to say like so you and the Eugene character. I guess we could just call yeah. him Eugene because it's yeah. just who it is. So so what was the thing? So at this point, how long had you been doing the show? And like, what was it about Eugene that you were like, I'm this guy is the guy. He so we had been doing the show. We arrived. This happened in September, and we started rehearsals in August. So it had maybe been a month. Okay. Um, you maybe a little bit less, three weeks, but but probably somewhere around the month. And there was just something about him. He was he was tip, typically the character Eugene in the show. For people that don't know, Greece is that he's like the total nerd character. Okay, like he's you know he gets wedgies during the show and like the jocks beat up on him and make fun of him and he's kind of the laughing stock of of the show for everybody like there's nobody that likes eugene (laughs) no no he's like the this the stereotypical nerd like revenge of the nerd style character yeah 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 okay yeah i know you're yeah 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 but the guy playing him was incredibly attractive. Like that's <laughs> it. I remember when we had the read through on the first day and I was like, oh, he's probably like Danny or he's, you know, one of the one of the T-birds or, you know, one of the cool kids in the show. And he was like, oh, I'm playing Eugene. And I was like, what? That makes absolutely no sense because he was kind of an Adonis. He was probably six one or six two and he had dark hair and dark eyes and just like perfect skin and really nice really funny very like friendly and warm kind of vibe to him um and i just was like told he was also you know he looked good he was like kind of jacked you know like he he was very 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 attractive and very funny and i don't I don't know what it was about him in comparison to the other people in the cast, but it just, I think it was like something about his warmth and his humor. Cause to me, if you're funny, forget it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. 
so he was he was funny and he was warm. It was just like that. That was my vibe immediately. I wonder if there's also that thing of like him playing a nerd, right? And he's like, you're seeing kind of almost the before and after his high school right. self or something, right? Where it's like, yeah. oh, I could see the the Eugene could have been who you were in high school, and now you've blossomed into this beautiful man kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. <laughs> there was also like, there was also kind of like a Clark Kent Superman thing yeah, going yeah. on, you know? Because he would like transform, and even as Eugene, he was still cute. Like, you know, he didn't get like, he didn't put <laughs> didn't on like, get, like weird <laughs> makeup or whatever. Yeah. They um, had to real make him so ugly. Yeah, Added those makeup lines that you learn <laughs> in eighth grade makeup class. Um, he, it, it was because he like, you know, he put on the glasses and like the suit that Eugene wears to high school and stuff. And there was a real... You know, there was a Clark Kent Superman yeah, thing going yeah. on. Um, yeah, so I was just... He- and I, at the same time, like, es- even to this day, I mean, I'm married now, so I don't do any of this anymore. But, like, <laughs> my my method of flirting was just to ignore. <laughs> like, completely, <laughs> like, to, the, to, like, the mysterious, like, you know, thinking I'm I'm being, like, you know intriguing or mysterious yeah i don't want to give people too much about me i want to be in this like i want people to like be curious about who i am and then talk right (laughs) exactly like just finding like oh i'm not gonna sit beside you but i'm gonna sit like diagonally from you you know like just overthinking like every single move and it's like yeah you know nobody is no nobody's picking nobody's playing the other side of that game you're just playing this on your own like right it is a Which I've one, done that too. Yeah, I've, I've been there. Yeah. It is a one-person chess match. Like, yeah. like nobody. There's not even a computer you're playing against. It's just <laughs> yourself. Um, so when I say that I stayed because I like wanted to like make this happen, like there was nothing happening. Like there was there yeah, was nothing. Like you were you, you weren't even technically having like. I don't know, bantery conversations after rehearsals or shows no. or something. It was just like you were around each other just because the show was or everyone was around yeah. each other on the show. Absolutely. That was we had maybe had one or two conversations on our own and it was nothing beyond like cordial like I'm in this cast with you and we're working the same yeah. job. Yeah. There was no like <laughs> sparks that were starting to happen you were like right. but it could you, you in your right. mind you're like it's a it's the time game i haven't put in right. enough time for this to happen yet exactly on my end it was like a spark and on his end it was like you know nothing at all <laughs> water a lake yeah no sparks yeah. whatsoever um so anyway i i stayed throughout the run of the show and i did the full run of the show in this cast and i even though, you know, initially I didn't feel any pain just because I had so much adrenaline. By the time you get out of that, you're in a lot of pain. And I was, I was in a cast up to my shoulder. So I couldn't do like, you know, sometimes you have casts up to the elbow. You can at least kind of like move your arm a little bit or like rotate, um, rotate or pronate is the, the technical term, but you can do some of that with your hand. I couldn't do anything. Like I was pretty completely blocked up to my, to my shoulder and it was in a lot of pain. I couldn't really sleep either. Cause I slept, used to sleep on my side. So I couldn't really do that. I had to figure out a new way to sleep and it just was a really bad situation. And they had to, and not to mention my feet, 
um, that they were like painful. I couldn't really rest. You know, the, the thing when you break your feet or break any bone is like rest. And I was on them doing a show. Yeah, you were literally uh, doing a, a musical <laughs> right? every night. I was doing a musical that required a lot of dancing and moving around. Um, so they had given me, I, you know, not that this is uncommon, but they had given me pretty heavy painkillers. Uh, like, you know, oxycodone, hydrocodone, um, you know, some of the opiate, opiate, um, com, you know, comprised painkillers. And that helped, obviously. Uh, I couldn't really do the shows on them, but I would pop, you know, pop the appropriate amount at the end of the show and, and kind of relax for the rest of the night and try to take care of myself as much as possible while completely ignoring Eugene and waiting for him <laughs> to like notice how, you know, appealing I was in a purple cast, by the way, it was per- like bright purple, uh, all the way up to my shoulder and boots on my feet that made me look like somebody was about to throw me in a lake because I had concrete blocks on my feet or something. It was just like, who wouldn't go after this? Um, so, you know, the, the run of the show concluded. And at the end of performances or, or runs of shows, generally you'll have a cast party. And that's, you know, you, you get together, you have a good time. And everybody in the cast was mid to late 20s. So we were still all in that, like, party phase yeah. of our life. Um, and so we rented, we decided to rent out a house, um, in Clarksville, just in the backwoods somewhere. Like, I don't know who found this house. (laughs) There was no Airbnb back then. This was in the early mid, mid, mid 2000, like 2007. Um, so I don't know who found it, what, what happened, what hookup somebody had, but we we went to this um, to this house this house party, and alcohol flowing, champagne, beer, liquor, any type of alcohol. People were smoking pot. I wasn't too into pot at the time, but I was definitely drinking. Um, but I also had taken the uh, opiate oh, yeah. <laughs> medication. I was also on pain pills, and I did not really. I'm not. I don't. I'm not a drug person. I don't, I've not really done drugs. It hadn't up to at that point. So I didn't understand what was going to happen if I mixed alcohol and (laughs) hydrocodone. And I think they had also given me Xanax. I don't even know why. Like, I think that was also part of the cocktail. So I was on all these meds and I started to drink and I knew going in at this cast party that this was this was it. We were all yeah. leaving the next day. Like we were all going to our separate places. I hadn't moved to New York yet. I was still based in Florida. Eugene, the love of my life, was based in in New York. This was not like I had to make a move. Yeah, it's like that the last night. day of summer camp kind of energy. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like, this is it. like. This, that whole thing of like main character energy, like this was the last Yeah, this is the scene. night that it's all going right. to happen. <laughs> this, was, this is when it was all going to happen. <laughs> so I built up a lot of courage and I had kind of been pep talking myself through the day of like, I'm going to, I'm going to tell him how I feel. I'm going to tell him how I feel. <laughs> no more beating around the bush. This is how it's going to happen. Um, so by the time I had worked up enough nerve to talk to him, I was probably like two or three drinks deep. And probably more than that, like three or four drinks deep and on opiate painkillers. <laughs> so my, my version 
of like shooting my shot with this guy with me things are zero to 100 like there's no gray area it's either i'm ignoring you or doing something like this so this is what i did i i you know i put my arm around him and i said hey i'm gonna not say his name or say eugene hey eugene I just want you to know that I I really like you a whole lot. I have feelings for you. Um, I think you're very attractive. Like, v- really, like, spewing everything. But the arm I put around him was my cast arm. The arm that was oh, in okay. the I was full cast. <laughs> and I had this guy in a headlock. Like, <laughs> I... I had this gigantic monstrosity of a cast around his neck and shoulder. And I was like pouring my heart out to him. Like, hey, I just, I love you. No, I didn't say I love you. But I was like, I I really have feelings for you. I really, you know, think we get along and and I want to, you know, maybe I can come up. I was offering to come to New York. Maybe I can come to New York. Like all this stuff was just kind of spewing out of me. And like, meanwhile, this is the most words you've ever said to him over a few months. (laughs) This was the most we've ever said to him, the most I had ever said to him at all, because I was playing the one hand or chess game where I was like trying to like get him to notice me by completely ignoring him. Um, And he, he just looked at me and he was like, he said, you're hurting me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and I was like, what? And he's like, you're hurting me. And I was like. I'm I'm hurt I'm hurting your feelings like I, I, I and he's like no you're cast he I was like bearing oh. down on this poor guy and he was a little he was taller than me I'm about five four so I had it up and around I was almost like hanging off from him like those like <laughs> monkey things that you yeah to the play barrel with, of monkeys like, barrel yeah, of monkeys yeah. it kind of was that type of situation I was like hanging off of his shoulder and. He was like, no, you're hurting me. Your cast is hurting me. Like, it's really digging into my shoulder. And I was like, oh, 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 no, I'm so sorry. And I, like, took it off. And and he was like, he looked at me. He was like, I think you're a good friend. And then walked away and went to to, um, another group of people. And I just was so devastated. (laughs) I just was so upset and then I really started to think about it and I have like I have sacrificed the long my mobility for the longevity of my life which is actually pretty true like I still can't turn my right arm over all the way and because I was so gung-ho about like getting back to the show like I still have problems in my feet because I wasn't rusting appropriately like they didn't this, I mean, this is really on them more than it is on me, but like my, by the time they figured out what was going on with my tendon, it was too late to, to reattach yeah. it. So again, that probably should have been something that they figured out, like, and not something that was on me, but because I was so focused on him and so focused on like, I have to get to know him better. He has to fall in love with me. Like I sacrificed, like I sacrificed my like physical health for forever basically for the rest of my life i still have problems this is yeah and like probably not that like you would have gained full 100 percent mobility with the arm but it's like yeah now you can't like lift every time you go to like move your arm in a way that it's not can't move anymore you're like in your mind you're like oh eugene like it's eugene (laughs) eugene oh my god that's stupid that's stupid eugene i mean i wish him well obviously (laughs) i'm sure he's fine um 
but it just was like, I, it, it's something you look back on it. And I was like, I can't believe that I did that for somebody that I was in totally completely infatuated with. Not even like I was, we were getting to know each other. Like something was blooming. We had hooked up. Like, you know, I, I, there was no basis yeah. for this kind of action whatsoever, but it does, it does come with a happy ending because, you know, I got some money from my insurance company after the accident. And with that money, I was able to move to New York. And at the time, I thought that maybe I would run into Eugene in some, you know, like circles or something like that. Because, you know, a musical theater is kind of a smaller world than you think. But um, that didn't happen. But instead, I uh, I met my husband and, and I'm happy now and he didn't I didn't have to go through any broken bones or (laughs) (laughs) any type of weird opiate alcohol fueled confessions to to land him so (laughs) when you met when you and your husband met was it similar were you playing the same game you played with Eugene or at that point has like enough years have passed where you're like oh maybe I should have a different approach to relationships (laughs) pretty much I still trended in that general direction of just like and that I mean I guess that has to do with like a confidence thing right yeah 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 you know like you don't if if you're feeling if you're feeling yourself hard you're not afraid to put yourself out there and I was very not feeling myself hard at all but um by the time I met my husband um I I had used the strategy started to use the strategy of like you tell him that i like like telling a friend oh like, yeah hey, tell like, your friend <laughs> you're using like the middle school rules right but you're right. like I oh evolved. yeah let me try this now <laughs> i had i had my maturity evolved to about a 12 year old level yeah at that point um so he was actually playing um bass guitar well i met him at a dinner party originally and okay he he uh I had short hair at the time, so he didn't notice me because I had short hair, which I'll always make fun of him for that. Um, But later, I came to see him play in an Irish band, actually, and he was playing bass guitar. And we had been introduced initially through friends. And my roommate and my roommate's friend uh, had played in a, in a pip band together. So I went to my roommate and I said, I really like this guy, you know, tell this guy that I like him. And my roommate, uh, told their friend that kind of was the mutual go between, (laughs) like my roommate wants to hook up with Tom. Like, what do you like? Let's make this happen. And then that friend said to Tom, uh, hey, do you want to get in some girl's pants? And <laughs> my husband, Tom, went, all right, tight. And, and here we are. <laughs> there it is. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years later, here we are. <laughs> but it is funny. It's like that, I, like, and that level of, um, like, community. At least you're like, oh, let me at least be like, is this person at all interested in me, right? Like, right. before before I yes. then go, like, put myself out there to them. It's like, oh, right. is is there something here that I should be like? Exactly. Or exactly. is it Eugene where you're like, I haven't talked to this woman once. I, I'm okay. Like, What's going on? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, the, I, this one, this one's timeline made a little bit more sense. Like it didn't, it didn't go from zero full to strangers. 500. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just full strangers to let's get married over the course of, of a couple weeks with never having one yeah. con- conversation whatsoever. 
Um, so yes, that was, that was <laughs> when love literally hurt me. <laughs> I don't even know if you could call love maybe infatuation, but <laughs> yeah, it's like some lust, lust thing. Lust, uh, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Fantasizing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm really sure. But that's yeah. like, you know, a lot of that at that time, you know, the stakes, the stakes you put on that stuff and like the heightened sense it all feels in those moments, you're like, yeah, looking back on it now, you're like, oh, that was so stupid. But in the moment, you're like, right. this was so important. Oh, my God. And it really was. And at the, you know, I was never, I remember telling my roommate when they were trying to connect me with Tom I remember saying, I'm so bad at flirting. And I am. I'm not. I, even my Tom to this day, my husband will be like, yeah, you can't flirt. Like, you're really bad at it. And so like, it's just it's just that like awkward at, at the time of Eugene. I don't I don't even think I had ever really even dated anybody. I had one yeah. boyfriend up to that point that lasted maybe like a month and a half. And the, the person ended up ghosting me. But so like I was very inexperienced, like I didn't really know how these things worked that much. Like, and I had all in talking to my friends, they're like, you just got to go for it. You just got to go for it. But that I applied that in such a wrong way. Like you got to go for it in the sense of you got to start a conversation, <laughs> like yeah. you know, like talk about things, get to know each other and not just pour your heart out while he's in a headlock and turning blue. Like that's not how we do these things. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, thanks so much for sharing all this, Jen. Yeah, of course, of course. Hopefully, I've I've blacked out enough names so that nobody. I think so. I mean, we just said Eugene the whole time, so right. We didn't. The, we didn't say any names. All the Eugenes of Greece Productions could be who it. You know. Oh my gosh, it's. I'm sure it numbers in the thousands. So yeah, hopefully, exactly. there's no no tracing it back. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, if people want to find out more about you or like, I know we met at a storytelling show. So if you do that kind of stuff and people could follow you somewhere or yeah. any, anywhere they could check you out. I usually talk, uh, I'll usually post about stuff coming up on my Instagram and that's at Jen Anderson 1016. So J-E-N-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N 1016. That's where I usually talk about all the comings and goings of performing. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, thank you again so much for sharing. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's right. Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin, and this is Love Hurts. Love Hurts.